Hello, and welcome to Hope Church. We're a local church with chill style, real faith, and no perfect people allowed. Thanks for checking out our podcast. This is a message from our SoCal location in the Santa Cruz, California area. We hope this message is encouraging. If you live near either of our locations, we'd love to have you join us for one of our many Sunday services. Yeah, good morning. Hey guys, my name is Danny. If we haven't met, it's good to see you guys today. Um, man, what an exciting, uh, just just to be here and to see you guys. Um, my name is Danny Bennett, and I'm the lead pastor of Hope, Soquel, Scotts Valley, and Aptos Coastlands. We're kind of like in this one church, three locations thing together, com- working together, teamwork. And uh, um, I'm just grateful I get to be here with you guys today. Some of you guys I know, and I haven't seen you in a little while, so it's really really fun uh, for me to be here with you. Um, my family, we, uh, by the way, welcome if you're new. Just, we just want you to know we're so happy you're here with us. We'd love to give you a free gift right outside if you come by. Um, and also, welcome those of you who are joining us online today. Yeah, my parents are watching online. They were here with us last week for the 4th of July, and uh, they're, they're part of the Hope family remote from uh, Bonnie Lake, Washington. So um, it was good to have them here with us, cruising around on 4th of July. Um, who here, you like to have fun with your family? We, we, we like to have fun. You know what I'm saying? Our family, we, we like jokes, impractical jokes. You know what I'm saying? So we kind of mess with each other once in a while. And if you, you're not used to this, it might, we, you know, some people don't know what to do because sometimes we take it a little too far. You ever have a practical joke go too far? I mean, just in the last, like, 36 hours in our home, we had two things go too far. One, we were playing cards, and, like, the kind of, we play the game where if you, if you win the game, then, uh, or if you, actually, if you lose the challenge, you have to do a challenge, and so somebody had to eat hot sauce off of, on a banana, but my daughter, she grabbed the habanero hot sauce, and her friend was crying and sweating, and uh, he died. But um, he's no longer with us. But <laughs> and, then, and then last night, this is another one. This is pretty funny. Uh, my son, Kale, he's a funny guy. He just, he, he, he just thinks of funny things to do, but sometimes it goes a little too far. You know what I'm saying? So he thought it would be funny. So my wife went surfing last night, you know, right at the sunset, and she's coming in. She came like a half an hour after dark. I mean, she was out there, closed it down at Pleasure Point. And then she comes in, and she's freezing cold. And she's like, we have this hot tub that we bought on Craigslist like 10 years ago for $1,000. And it's somehow it hasn't given up the ghost yet. It's still cranking. It's like a portable hot tub that you can move. We've, it's moved with us seven times, miraculously. And so she she goes to sit in the hot tub to get warmed up. And... She gets in before real and goes, <gasps> before realizing it's freezing cold, and she looks over to the knob and it says fifty five. And out of the window stairs, we just see Kale. I look because I I heard her scream and I came running out there and I look up and he's all <laughs> maniacal laugh. He had turned down the hot tub on her before she got in there. So those are obviously examples of, um, you know, practical jokes that went too far. But who's ever had somebody actually that has it out for you, had an adversary? Anybody? 
Am I the only one here that's had somebody that's headed out for me? Um, I have way too many stories for today, but um, just one example was, so Hope started uh, in our living room. Actually, a handful of people were there with us, with the 22 people that gathered um, in our living room in 2011. And uh, we met in a school for a while, and we started our youth group in a, in a skateboard shop. And then uh, this church uh, was called Lighthouse, and it, and it kind of closed, and uh, they gave us the building. And so we mo- it was a real blessing. We moved in here. Um, I don't know. What year was that? I don't even know. I should probably figure that out. But we moved in here, and there was a guy that was just camped up out front, and he must have been here for 30 years, and he thought it was his spot. And he would basically just he'd make his money by uh, buying alcohol for the teenagers, and then he'd pass out drunk on our, on our porch, like, every day. And, and like, you know, kids and families coming in. And, and my, you know, my first assignment was, this guy, he's either got to come, come and get saved or he's got to beat it. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, uh, right, it's like, uh, turn or burn, buddy. No, so I just, like, I, you know, I remember going up to him, and I was like, hey, bro, like, you can't do that here. And he just, you know, said this to me every day for, like, several years every day I'd show up and he'd be here and uh he would just say hey f you (laughs) every day and I'd say hey bro you can't do that here come to church but you can't do that here you know you gotta you gotta bail and so we'd you know and then like one day like he actually attacked somebody and then I stopped him and he's he and his buddy were throwing broken bottles at me and everything, and you know, and so, but I, I knew it wasn't, it wasn't physical, right? Something had happened in his life that he had given room to, like, actually, he'd given room to evil spirits, and it was like an assignment from hell on this place to come here and to just almost like torment us, right? We're trying to share the hope of Jesus here in this building, and here's this guy every day, hey. F you. He didn't say F you. He said the full, you know, he said the full version. That was my greeting every day. And it was totally, how many of you guys know, God doesn't save us from the fight. He saves us for the fight. And he will shape us when we go through difficulties. Amen? And in, he, doesn't, he doesn't take that stuff out of our life, but God will use it. And um, unfortunately for this guy, I got a restraining order against him because, hey, if you're not going to c- come here and make this a safe place, I'm going to get a restraining order against you too. <laughs> but uh, so I did, and then he broke that restraining order and got hit by a bus right out front. Total bummer, right? And you know what's really sad is I found out later that he used to work for Mount Hermon, and he used to be a Christian. And something happened in his life that shaped him to be so hardened that it ultimately took his life. It's super sad, right? How many of you guys know adversity can, can shape you? And it can shape you for good, to become more Christ-like, and it can shape you for evil, too. And you can become more hardened. And the word says that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, right? But I have come that they may have life to the fullest, I don't know about you, but I want to have that full life that Jesus offers us, right? But I believe that adversity gives us that choice to choose which path we're going to go on. 
And so thankfully the scripture has a lot to say about this. We're going to look at, we're, we're in this series on the life of David. So cool. We can learn so much from him. He was the great famous king in the Bible, in the Old Testament, king of Israel, poet, writer of the Psalms, total warrior, right? Last week we talked about how he fought Goliath and what a powerful story. Um, he, he had, you know, the week one, he was chosen to be king. Didn't happen right away. He went back to the sheep, had to fight the bear and the lion, and then he had to fight Goliath. And guess what? He's still not king. And I'm just going to give you, there's so much adversity that he goes through. I'm just going to give you the ESPN highlight reel, okay? So after Goliath, David becomes a valiant warrior. He's loved by the people of Israel. In fact, so much so that it says that they danced and they sang. Saul has slain his thousands and David his tens of thousands. But then Saul, because he was an insecure leader, he becomes jealous and fearful of David's popularity to the point where he actually opens himself up to be manipulated by an evil spirit and he tries to kill David. He tries throwing a spear at him. He tries hunting him down. He tries killing him in his house. And David averts danger every time the Lord protects him, but he's forced to flee. He becomes a fugitive. He's hiding in caves, hiding in the wilderness, ultimately ends up hiding with the Philistines, which ironically were the people that he defeated because of Saul's insecurity. And Saul relentlessly pursues David, leaving, leading to these several close encounters. And David has the opportunity two times. It says the Lord delivered Saul into his hands. So like, I mean, one time he's in a cave and Saul is going number two in the cave. Okay, just to just try to... We don't need to go into too much details, but he's in the cave doing the thing, you know, nature calls. He's in there, and David was hiding in this cave with a sword. And he said, I will not lay hands on the Lord's anointed. He showed restraint. He did not kill him. Two times, David held it back. Ultimately, Saul dies in the battle against the Philistines. In fact, he was afraid and so he falls on his own sword. And it, the insecurity caused him to become spoiled. He spoiled his life because he was not finding security in the Lord. My key point today is this. Insecurity can spoil you. Adversity can shape you. And we see both in this story. We're going to look at the scripture today in um, 1 Samuel 30, verses 1 through 8. Insecurity can spoil you. Adversity can shape you. The key word here is can. It can shape you for good or for bad. Today, we want to see how we can be resilient in the face of adversity. Every one of us is going to go through a fight. How many of you guys know that? Like looking around, you know, just walking around town, you don't know the battles that every people, other people are going through. Did you know that everyone's in a battle? Everyone's been through a battle. Everyone's in a battle. They're going through their own battle in their own way. And we can either be shaped by that adversity in a good way to become better and more Christ-like, or it will shape us in a different way. 
Let's look at the passage today. 1 Samuel 30, 1 through 8. David and his men reached Ziklag on the third day. Now the Amalekites, now, now let me just paint the picture. This is where he's at. All those things had happened to him. He still has not become king, right? Adversity come from the inside or the outside. And, and in the first part of the story of David's life, adversity comes from the outside, mainly from King Saul. Later on, we'll see how adversity can come from the inside, too. But first, we're looking at this, and what happened here was all these events happened where Saul had chased him, he had fled, David became a fugitive, David spared Saul's life two times, and before the end of that adversity, David finds himself at the lowest point. That's what we're going to look at today. This, is, this has got to be the lowest point for David, because he was, he was at such a low point that he actually took, he hid with the Philistines, with the enemy. This is like the arch nemesis of the people of Israel. He's hiding with them. This is like the Dodgers, okay? You're, you, you, went and work, you went and played for the Dodgers, you know what I'm saying? David's over with the Dodgers, and they're going up against Saul, and it says that they rejected him. They asked him not to fight with him. He was going to go fight against Saul with the Philistines. That's how low it is. And not only that, but he gets rejected. And he goes home to find this. Now, the Amalekites had raided the Negev and Ziklag. They had attacked Ziklag and burned it and had taken captive the women and everything else in it, both young and old. They killed, they killed none of them, but carried them off as they went on their way. When David and his men reached Ziklag, they found it destroyed by fire and their wives and sons and daughters taken captive. This is a low moment here, right? So not only had David fled, he banded together with a group of rebels. They joined up with the Philistines. They're, they got asked not to fight with them, and they go back home, and their home has been burned down, and their families have been kidnapped. This is, a low, this is like the lowest moment for David. Look at what it says. So David and his men, I mean, these, these guys are not wimps. These guys are mighty warriors. And look at what it says. David and his men wept aloud, and they had no strength left to weep. David's two wives have been captured. That's another story. I had to try to explain that to my son last night. We were reading this together. <laughs> I'm like, uh, yeah. We'll talk about that another day. I'll let Chris Matley teach on that one. <laughs> Ahinoam of Jezreel and Abigail, the widow of Nabal of Carmel. David was greatly distressed because the men were talking about stoning him. Each one was bitter in spirit because of his sons and daughters. So now his men are turning against him. Let's just kill David because he got us into this mess. You ever been at a low moment? What do you do when you hit a low moment? Look at what David does. Maybe one of my favorite lines in the, in the whole book here. But David found strength in the Lord his God. But David found strength in the Lord, his God. He had been beat. He had been, everything he had owned was taken. 
His family had been kidnapped. His pride had been crushed. But David found strength in the Lord his God. Then David said to Abithar, the priest, the son of Ahimelech, bring me the ephod. This is like the the thing that they would put on when they would pray and seek God for direction. Abiathar brought it to him, and David inquired of the Lord, Shall I pursue this raiding party? Will I overtake them? This is interesting because the automatic thing, if you're a mighty warrior and somebody takes your family, what are you going to do? It's like Liam Nilsson, right? I have a particular set of skills. I'm coming after you. <laughs> but look at what they did. I mean, hey, my, ki- my, my kid's backpack got stolen at the parking lot by San Jose Airport, in and out. They took his backpack with his baby blanket. I didn't pray. I just ran after him, you know. Give me the blanket. They got away. But, <laughs> but David, look at what he does. This is really key. It says, but David inquired of the Lord, shall I pursue this raiding party? Will I overtake them? Pursue them, he answered. You will certainly overtake them and succeed in the rescue. And he did. He did. But it's interesting. We can learn from what David did here in the lowest point. Because some of us are being pressed right now. Some of us have friends that are going through it. And we can learn from what David did when he faced adversity. But I also don't want to just... I think it's easy for us to read the scripture and relate to the heroes. We also need to learn from from the villains too, right? Because sometimes we're not the hero. Saul, his insecurity and jealousy drove him mad. And it drove him to ruin. Was David his, his enemy? No. David was actually fighting for him. How many times have we taken the trap to think another person is our enemy? How many of you guys know the battle that we fight is not against flesh and blood, right? In the scriptures, our battle is spiritual. And sometimes the enemy's lie is to make you think that the other person is against you. Right? My battle was not against this guy that was living on the front porch here. Right? We have a shared battle, and he was getting taken down by the real enemy, which wanted to steal, kill, and destroy his life. But if I get caught in the trap of fighting the physical battle against another person, I become Saul. We live in a social media culture that's fueled by comparison, friends. Don't get sucked in. Young people, don't get sucked into the comparison the jealousy when I see someone else is living their best life and they're, oh, they're on vacation. Wow, must be nice for them. Right? It's easy to compare, but it's not fair to compare because you don't really know the battle that they're going through. Amen? Because jealousy, it fuels insecurity. It breeds unrest, discontentment. And the reality is we live most of our life in the tension between the prophetic word that God says about you, right, that you are dearly loved and holy and chosen, and the fulfillment of prophecy. 
right? David had a prophecy that said he's going to be the king, but he lived a lot of his life in the tension between that. Amen? But how many of you guys know God was shaping him to be king? Maybe what you're going through right now is exactly what God wants to use to shape you to become who you will be when the prophecy is fulfilled. Does that make sense? It's been said that character develops in the dark. David, in the darkness of the cave, showed courage in the Lord. He had to trust God that he was his defender. So back to that phrase, adversity can shape you, okay? Can we just add an if? Because adversity can shape you, but it can shape you for good or for bad. But if we want adversity to shape us to become more like Christ, which is God's will and desire for us, right? He loves us right where we are. Aren't you grateful for that? God God allows us to come as we are. But as we allow him to come as he is, he shapes us to become more like him. That's the beauty. We can become who he intended us to be and not be shaped by the world. If, three things, three thoughts for you guys real quick here. You you with me? You might want to write this down. Three things. Number one, know where to find refuge. Where do you find refuge? What do you take refuge in? Is it something that will actually help you? We've got to be careful when we go through adversity. We're tempted to find refuge in things that might momentarily distract us. But David found strength in the Lord. We're going to read a psalm at the end. We're going to conclude with the psalm that he wrote in the cave, seeking refuge in the Lord. David knew where to find refuge. Number two, invest in the right relationships. David surrounded himself with the right people. He became really good friends with Jonathan, the son of Saul. And that relationship was an important one. He had the mighty man around him. He had, you know, he, 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 was, he was smart to surround himself with people. And I think it's important for us to choose. Yes, there's people that we want to minister to. We want to encourage them. We want to lift them up. But sometimes we have to be smart about who we align ourselves with. Does that make sense? And David was careful about who he aligned himself with. And then the third thing I want to say that I, we can learn from David, know when to use restraint. Know when to use restraint. David showed restraint. With Saul, I will not lay hands on the Lord's anointed, he said. David showed restraint. Lord, do you want us to go? Should we go against, should we go rescue our families? Are you going to be with us? It's really important because I think sometimes facing adversity, friends, when we go through difficulties or we feel like someone's against us, it's easy for us to take the path of self-pity. This is dangerous. We give ourselves permission to lower our character to the level of those that we think are against us instead of raising the level of our character, taking the high ground. My character is not connected to my circumstances and the behaviors of others. We can't live as a reaction to adversity. We gotta we gotta live we gotta allow God 
I love what that song says, I'm open, right? We got to open our hearts up to God. We got to find strength in the Lord so that we can, we can see what's coming against us and respond accordingly to what God says. Through Christ, we have the power to overcome adversity. He, but friends, I got to tell you, the good news, we have the power to overcome adversity, but he doesn't necessarily save us from adversity but he gives us power to overcome adversity, right? We're not saved from the fight. We're saved for the fight. So we can fight. So we can stand strong and seek strength in the Lord. In the New Testament, Christians were persecuted. In fact, right now around the world, 360 million Christians, according to a study in 2022, 300 million Christians experienced high levels of persecution and discrimination. That was 20, more, 20 million more than 2021. So these words that were penned by the Apostle Paul in the New Testament church when they were facing persecution are just as true today as they were back then. Romans 8, 36 and 37. As it is written, for your sake, we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loves us. Amen? Do you believe that? That you are more than a conqueror? That when you face adversity, you don't have to lower to the level of those around you? We don't have to lower and become shaped by the culture around us. We can rise above that and be shaped by the God who created us. What does it look like to find strength in the Lord? One of my favorite legends, and I, I'm sorry, I'm a surfer, so you got to forgive me, but I, I just, I got to tell you, my, one of my favorite surfers right now, it's probably not who you think it is. It's not Kelly Slater, although he rips. Peter Mel is a local legend, but if you've ever seen Bethany Hamilton surf, you know what I'm talking about. Her adversity, in this case, was a big tiger shark that bit off her arm at the age of 13. And instead of allowing that to basically destroy her life, she chose to get back on the water and surf a month later to get first in the NSAA championships of women. She now competes against the world's best surfers with one arm. She surfed Jaws, 50-foot waves on Maui with one arm think of a photo of her. I just was struck by that photo. I'm like, dude, I don't even know if I could squat that. She, and I, I don't know if she just had a baby or if she's pregnant. She's had four children. So like Matt surfing jaws, competing, doing this whole thing <laughs> with four babies. Like that's another level. And she is not quiet about her relationship with Jesus. She was able to overcome adversity because she found strength of the Lord. And I, I, I love her story because she wouldn't tell you she has a disability. Don't, in fact, don't say that around her. You know what I'm saying? And it puts things in perspective for us. What does it look like for you to find strength in the Lord? What does it look like? Maybe taking some time to pray with someone 
maybe taking a walk. I've taken many walks, Nicene Marks. Lord, I'm going to walk until you speak to me. Just down the beach, Lord, I'm going to keep walking until you show me what to do. And we find strength in the Lord. That's cool, you guys. That's cool because no matter what you go through, no matter what comes against you, you don't have to react. You can regroup in your faith with Jesus and gain strength. And then you can respond in the most loving way because God will shape you through that. I was reading this a while back. I was going through some adversity and I was reading through the life of David and... um, just praying about what to do. I didn't know what to do, and I was like, honestly, feeling kind of fearful. And I was reading this passage where it said, uh, it, this is a different time in First Samuel 23, but it's, it's in our, our scripture today. It was a different time where David prayed, and he said, he asked the Lord, will the citizens of Keilah surrender me and my men to Saul? And the Lord said they will, right? And so, like, you can see, I'm reading this, and I'm just taking notes that he inquired of the Lord. And I, as I was reading that, how many of you guys know you're reading the scripture and God speaks to you, right? And maybe it's something that just jumps out from you from the page. Maybe it's something that's not even on the page, but you hear the whisper of God. this moment for me where I'm there, I'm reading this, and I'm thinking about the situation. And the Lord said, I'm with you. I will protect you. And it made me just have strength and courage to know that God is the judge, right? He's the one that brings justice. I don't have to fight against man because God, the battle belongs to the Lord. We, we read that last week, right? David fought the giant, and he said, the, this is the, ba- the battle belongs to the Lord. And ultimately, Jesus is the one that won that battle for us and faced adversity more than any human, right? I mean, he took on not only the crucifixion, but he took on the weight of our sin on the cross. Right? It wasn't even, wasn't even uh, his own sin, but we were the adversity. We were the ones. It was our sin that held the hammer that nailed Jesus to the cross, right? And Jesus went through that adversity Instead of calling down fire from heaven and saving himself, he allowed himself to go through that so that we could be saved. I want to challenge you today. How do you need to find strength in the Lord? What is the battle that you're facing? What are you going through that can shape your character to become more like Christ today? I want to ask you and challenge you, how will you find strength in the Lord today? This Psalm, Psalm 57, it says, it's fun to sometimes read the heading above the Psalm because it gives you a clue about what it's about. In Psalm 57, it says, for the director of music, to the tune of do not destroy, (laughs) it's telling of David, a miktam, when he had fled from Saul into the cave. Be merciful to me, O God. Be merciful to me, 
For my soul takes refuge in the shadow of your wings. I will take refuge. Till the storms of destruction pass by, I cry out, God most high, to God who fulfills his purpose for me. Do you believe that God is able to fulfill his purpose for you? Even if someone else means it for harm, do you believe that? Do you trust him? We hope this message encouraged you to take the next steps in your relationship with God. The cool thing is that you don't have to do it alone. There are a lot of ways you can get connected here at Hope. Not only do we want you to feel at home at Hope, we'd love to help you find Hope. Please check out discoverhope.church and click connect or just email us at info at discoverhope.church. Lastly, we give everything we can away for free and rely 100% on volunteers donations to support this ministry. If you'd like to give to the Mission of Hope Church, you can select the Give option on our website or text any amount to 831-800-2060. Thanks again for tuning in.